destroy all children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy all children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh huh. I forgot to grab something. <laughs> I'll be right back. My 8-bit dough controller is like the battery's almost dead, and I wanted to play a game when we're done, and I forgot to plug it in to charge it, so I need to do that real quick. Okay there, sorry about that. That's all staying in. Hi everybody, welcome to another <laughs> no. week. Now you, have, now you know what I have to deal with every week. Every single time <laughs> I start, and he's like, oh no, I forgot to get... Dr. Pepper, I'm going to go get that And comes back and he cracks it into the was... mic Just to rub it in um, This week <laughs> so he was spending a while Talking my to Dr. me Pepper. about a video game And also his rants about various other things And then of course I started Oh it has to plug in a controller Anyway, <laughs> how are you this week? Well I remembered my Dr. Pepper And I was very proud of myself and I was like, oh I'm all ready to go And then as soon as we started Thought about how I wanted to play Star Fox 2 when we were done. Sure. Why not? Oops. Yeah. I'm doing fine. I get my second shot in less than a week. You just got yours. How How's your, uh, how's your arm one. doing on day two? Fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mine on day two was like an absolute nightmare, so I was curious how yours would end up doing. It's all right. It's like a little bit sore, like if I try to raise it up, but that's about it. Well, there's a lot of news to get through, Larry. A lot of stuff has been Is happening. There? Oh yeah. Okay, well that's good because uh, I haven't really played anything new. <laughs> well, neither have I. So we Ooh. also got a Sopranos to talk about. So there's that's plenty right. to, to get to. Lean heavy on the gabagool this episode. <laughs> yeah, th- there's plenty to get to. So we should probably start with maybe the biggest thing, which is Sony reversing the store closures for the PlayStation 3 and the Vita. Not the uh, PSP. Although, yep, PSP will still go offline at some point. Uh, well, not some point. It will go offline at the day they originally had planned. Uh, but PS3 and Vita will remain open for an indetermined amount of time. Uh, how long this is going to be like, yeah. That's a word. At some, at some point in the future, they could take these down or plan to take them down again. I, I'm curious to see how long this lasts. Yeah, I I feel like in two years they're going to do this again. Yeah, that yes. I kind of want to give them like a little bit of credit and think that this maybe like flew in their face so hard that they just don't do it this generation, but next generation they try to pull it again. No, because I don't count on Sony learning from mistakes. It's fair. Uh, I think another way of looking at this is when Microsoft had like a bad policy decision with Xbox Live uh-huh. and people told them about it. They reversed that in less than 24 hours and this took like what, three weeks? Oh, I didn't know you were talking about the Xbox Live thing. I was thinking about 
the various bad decisions they made with the Xbox sure. One. Um, yeah. Which took a but long like, time to reverse. Yeah, and that's now that's Sony fair, might but... might be doing one of those again, but we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, like this reminds me of when they had the uh, the price changing thing going on with Xbox Live, and people were similarly upset about it online. And then Microsoft, at least within like a twelve hour period of time, was like, "Okay, yeah, bad decision. We're not doing that. It's going to remain the same price it's always been." Like Sony's reaction to this comparatively is very delayed. I don't yeah. know like how many steps were involved in like green lighting the closures, how many people had to approve not doing that. So I don't know if it's that this process of saying, hey, we're going to do this thing. Oh, hey, let's not do this thing. If that just takes a while uh, because of all the hands it has to pass through. Um, or if it's just Sony being Sony and that maybe they sat on that messaging for like three weeks. I just didn't do anything about it and then finally caved. I do think like the process of shutting down a store is probably more involved than just raising the price on Xbox mm-hmm. Live, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it, like it got to Mark Cerny and he was like the uh, the CEO of Costco, like screaming if you <laughs> raise the price on the hot dogs I'll fucking kill you and he was doing that, but like I I need people if to be able to play Daxter. PlayStation 3 store, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I guess um, you still won't be able to get Daxter uh, uh, or Choaniki yeah. Zero or any of the other hot PSP games. And yeah, Choaniki Zero is still probably the greatest loss. Uh, the second Bancho. greatest loss is anyone who bought up those disc copies of like the PlayStation Network games and were selling them for over three hundred dollars. Whoa! Like the people who bought that. Fuck. <laughs> I'm what sorry. Even, what was even in that thing? Oh, like, Tokyo Jungle was in it. That's the big Tokyo thing. Tokyo Jungle, yeah. There was like a, a few other things that I just Fat I princess. don't remember because they all look like crap. Yeah, Fat Princess probably. But like, understandably, if they're shutting down the store and that is the only way to get those games, it would just inflate in value due to the rarity of it, which it did over the value of $300. It inflated. And then this happened and that bubble is definitely going to burst. So... Rest in peace, everyone who decided to buy a disc copy of Fat Princess, I guess. Yeah. It sucks to be you. But this also means when it goes back down, you're going to want to buy one again. Because it's only a oh, matter no. of time. I need Tokyo Jungle. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, there's Maybe whatever. Yeah. It's calling all cars um, on that. I guess it actually wouldn't matter because that was mostly a multiplayer game anyway. Yeah, I don't think calling all cars was on it, but... David Jaffe's yeah, last good game. Matter. David Jaffe's last game, right? Has he put anything no, out? Remember so? Drawn to Death? No, no one remembers Drawn to Death. What <laughs> okay. are you talking about? Yeah, well, that's probably for the best. Saturn yeah. sucks. <laughs> that it does. Uh, so this also... There were a lot of people kind of acting like this was a big victory over Sony. And like, it's definitely a good thing to see these stores not closed down. But it's also like more of a compromise in my eyes. Because it still doesn't take care of the entire problem of Sony having very poor policies on backwards compatibility and the CMOS issue that apparently also will affect the PlayStation 5 as people have now tested and confirmed. Like, my understanding of it, and I might be wrong about this, is it something that you could patch? Uh, You could have the console, like, look for a clock that's external from Sony's server? Yeah. 
uh so that way when the time comes it's still going to like you could have the store closed you could have sony service disconnected from it but it could still verify the date and time and so everything can work on it really wish they would patch it to do that again assuming that is something that is possible i i'm pretty sure that it is um it would also just be nice if they like committed to being better about backwards compatibility going forward. But like those are two things that I just have zero expectation that they're actually going to address or try to make good on. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, it, it is amazing enough that they even were just like, yeah, we're going to leave these stores open, except for the PSP that we already shot it. Hey, speaking of. Hey. Companies uh, getting rid of things. Yeah, what? What's what's going on with Rockstar? Uh, they accidentally deactivated games on Steam. Uh, apparently, yeah, and then relisted them, and then deactivated them again. No, they're back now. Uh, it oh, they're was, back again. It was because God. they were. It's apparently because they were like trying to include the DLC with Max Payne and La Noir, and somehow oh, okay. in the process of that, like it messed up everything, and so. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, so I saw this as soon as it broke, just that all the games got delisted, and then they were relisted, and then there was another tweet shortly after that saying, hey, they're delisted again. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure what was going on. Oh, I weird. didn't realize that they actually explained it. Actually, Midnight Club is still gone. Oh, it's still... Okay, well... I wonder why that is. Wait, maybe that was already... Midnight Club. That actually might have been gone before... And then it came back or something But like oh. right now The Max Payne's And uh, Grand Theft Auto's Manhunt Bully It's all back up on Steam Okay So Well that's good That those are still available on Steam But Yeah like that initial Like hey all this is delisted Was Really bizarre And yes, then seeing them go back up Shortly afterwards But uh, Alright well that's good to know that there's an explanation for that. I did not see anything else after like them saying, "Hey, some of these games got delisted, uh, delisted a second time." So I just thought that it was maybe intentional that they wanted to get rid of everything. No. Nope. Mm. But now, although you know, the mystery's a bit solved. Yeah. <clears throat> but speaking of getting rid of things, yeah, uh, Jeff Kaplan, no oh, longer boy. at Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> now hold on a second what, what was it Jeff Kaplan did? Uh, Well he wore a wire And so they had to bring him down To like the hold of the boat Uh huh Yeah that's pretty sad He's swimming with the fishes now Yeah I mean anytime well, you go into you a room and, what Jeff Kaplan did? Anytime you go into a room And Polly Walnuts is there waiting for you Ooh, You're not gonna have a yeah. good time No huh, I don't know why he did You worked on Overwatch I know that Yeah is that it? Well, I mean, there's a there's this game called Overwatch 2, what? which is no, now just going to be helmed by, well, it's, it's debatable if Overwatch 2 is a thing that exists or a thing that Blizzard will trot out anytime they step in shit, so people will forget about them stepping in shit. It might be real, it might not. Who's to say, Larry? Uh... Anyway, the assistant director of that game will now be the one helming it because Jeff Kaplan is leaving. So everything's going great for Overwatch 2, a game yes. that probably exists. <laughs> Maybe. Meh, yeah, you know. We'll find out one day. 
one day they'll step in shit so bad they'll have no choice but to release the game because that's going to be like the only way to distract people. Man, okay, so Jeff uh, Kaplan was designer for Warcraft 3, World mm. of Warcraft, and Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Lich King. Uh, so this is not a great loss or uh, I mean it is a great loss but I'm saying it's not a great thing for Blizzard that he left yeah considering uh those were good yes and Blizzard does not put out good things anymore no so okay so... I was going to bring this up later but okay I'm about yeah. to make a decision that could change the course right. of my entire life think about subscribing to World of Warcraft Classic you see, this is what I have to put up with uh, every day. <laughs> we do this podcast, and then Larry, he talks to me about a bunch of video games, a bunch of fucking games, and he's like, I'm thinking about subscribing to World of Warcraft. Classic. Every time i got to talk him down for it, and I'm not doing it this time. Classic. That's the difference. So This is the scene where what's-his-name has gambled away his like son's college fund, and he's in the bar, and his friend is just <laughs> like, you're a fucking degenerate. Yeah. Why, okay. What's the character's name? Why am I blanking on that? I so hard. Yeah, you know, he's the guy, he's in his basement, he's sticking a gun in his mouth. The famous Sopranos character. I don't remember. He lost all his, he lost all his money in the high stakes game. And uh, Richie was in there and he tried to kick his ass. Wasn't, well, yeah, was whatever. it Parisi? Y- yeah, that sounds familiar. I think that's what it is. I, I don't really remember, like, the first, so that... That show does a thing where they kill off one Parisi and then another Parisi who is his twin brother just shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and so Oh, they low they Maddie Palmered it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um and so I don't really remember exactly what happened with the first Parisi. But like Patsy Parisi, like I thought that was just gonna be kind of a s like a short gag when he showed up, but he's still there and still mm. around in like every episode, so um, no, Parisi lost uh, everything he had. They they kind of blew his business out because he couldn't repay his debt, and then he had to skip oh, town. Artie Buco. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, I don't remember that bit actually. Mm. Again, remember you're watching these things I watched like three years ago. Yeah, yeah. So L four actually because it was 2017 when we found out. Anyway. Anyway, congratulations. Um, for subscribing to World of Warcraft, I guess I haven't yet Well, so the thing is They're going to be doing Burning Crusade Classic uh, And that is mm. probably not peak WoW I think Wrath of the Lich King probably was But still it was really good And uh, so I was kind of thinking I would subscribe now And play like original WoW Classic Until that comes mm. out Because it shouldn't be too long And maybe a couple months from now and so I can sort of get the experience of the original and then move on to Burning Crusade in sort of a shorter amount of time. So Wow, Bob, wow. Yeah, exactly. But like I miss when World of Warcraft was good. It was fun to play. It was it was nice. It was a good time. And you Cataclysm know how I feel about MMOs. It all up. I'm I'm not sure I would have enjoyed Warcraft at pretty much any stage. Because you don't like, like not math. my sort of game. No, definitely not. Yeah, so of course not. No. You know what I do like though? What? Sonic the Hedgehog. You know what I don't like though? Uh the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? 
They're doing another one of those for some fucking people watched the first one. Yeah, Tails is in it. Yeah, you watched it. Uh, uh, there has been a screenshot that came out from the set uh, that shows the, the big dumb dummy that they're using to indicate where Knuckles is. So Knuckles will be in the movie. Uh, the only reason I bring this up is because I guess they're doing something with this character model that kind of bugs me in the same way that, like, look, I, I'm i not going to go to, like, a GameStop and start defacing a bunch of standees, <laughs> but I find the compulsion to turn Sonic's arms blue very strange. Like, I don't know why that is, like, the one part of the character design that when other people get a hold of it, they're like, well, that's... You can't have tan arms. they got to be blue arms. I think they look weird so, when they're, like like hairless because that's what it's supposed well, to indicate no 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 yes. like a, a hedgehog's like fur color gets lighter towards the center that's what it's supposed to indicate it's yeah, lighter color sure. fur no it's not they're supposed to be yes, hairless there's, there's like a clear dividing ridiculous. line at his shoulder between the blue and the like skin color which is the same as his like snout and like it is a classic design. On his it's one of the all-time great designs in video games. It is you don't don't change the design, just leave it alone. I mean, it's perfect. It anyway, works, it works fine in the original like context, and like in sprite work and even in two D. But I do think if you're doing a CGI thing, it's supposed to look like you like you wouldn't want hairless armed Sonic. But like his chest. What? His chest and his mouth, though, in the movie have fur, and those are the tan bits. Well, they shouldn't. Well, they do, so you can just make his arms tan, too, and have them still be furry. Look, setting this weird arm bullshit aside, because that's its own thing, more egregious to me is removing the swoosh from Knuckles' uh, chest, because, like, how else am I supposed to know he's black-coated if it's not a Nike swoosh? Come on, Sega. Okay. Terrible. Anyway, yeah, seriously, they're removing the swoosh from the chest. It makes like even less sense to me. I'm not sure what the point of that is. Are they changing his um his shoe colors when... so it's not like the flag of Jamaica anymore? Nope, those are the same. Okay, well. So I don't I don't know why getting rid of like why is it like each character design you got to remove one thing from it? It just doesn't make sense to me. It's just a very weird design decision where it's just like, well, we got to like change it in just one way. Well, it wouldn't be the Jamaican. What flag is it? The shoes are because Jamaica one. That's is... supposed to be Jamaican. No, it's not because that's green. It's like green and it's yeah, like green sh- and yellow with his the shoes. X. His, his shoes, shoes are, are green, red. yellow, and red. Yeah, that's a different one. That's I thought it was supposed to be Jamaica. No, I just I just uh, told but, you but it's then, the Jamaican but then Larry, flag is green. But then Larry, due to uh, palette issues, sometimes his socks are yellow. It's a sonic fact for you. I'm full of them, and I wish I was dead. Okay. Anyway, I really wish that if they were going to like change like little bits of these iconic character designs, that they just went like full original cut of that movie and just made everybody look horrifying. I really want to see like what the monster version of Tails and Knuckles would have looked like if they never went back and changed the movie aesthetically. Yeah. I, I really need to see that, like, what kind of abomination Knuckles would have become. 
looks like Zimbabwe is probably the closest. Mm. Or Ghana. Yeah, yeah, it's probably Ghana is what I was thinking of. I was just looking for like red, yellow, and green flags. Oh man, I still a just... lot of flags suck. A lot of them are just like yeah, here, here are some stripes. Yeah. You can't even come Here's up like with new d- colors. Here's a diamond, I guess. Yeah, there's a symbol in the middle of it. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the the thing about black coated I bring up because the last time Knuckles was trending on Twitter outside of this was when a lot of people got into an argument over what race Knuckles would be if he was human, which is the dumbest shit in the world. Yeah. And what? boy, a lot of the arguments that Knuckles is black coated is just like here's a lot of stereotypes. I can't believe that people who would still care about Sonic in 2021 would be very <laughs> stupid. This is news to Yeah, me. well, surprising to us all. You know what else I like, though, other than Sonic? Uh, I probably like Dr. just Pepper. about... Well, that is true. But I like... It's a video game, and I like it just as much as I do Sonic the Hedgehog. Resident Evil. Oh. The answer okay. is Resident Evil. I can't believe you had to hesitate on that. You've known me for how long and you don't know how crazy I am about Resident Evil. Wait, you like Resident Evil? <sighs> yeah, I like it so much that I was like actually excited to play the uh, timed exclusive PlayStation demo for Resident Evil 8. And then this all went sideways because it's maybe just a bad idea to do demos this way. So this demo was set up where you could only play it for 30 minutes, uh, which there's plenty of other game demos that have come out that have been timed in that way. But they also did it so you can only play it during a specific eight-hour chunk of time last uh, Saturday. Which I get the reasoning is that, well, it's the weekend, and so people don't work. Except I do, you fucks. And I happened to work, like, roughly during the eight-hour chunk of time when the demo was supposed to go live. So I had a precious small amount of time to play it when I got off of work. I had it all, like, I left the PlayStation 5 on, and I I let it start, like, downloading when I went to work. And then, as I've mentioned on the podcast in the past, my PlayStation has some fucking problems with downloading things off of the store. So when I got back... It stopped and still had, like, four gigabytes left to go, which on my PlayStation translates into, like, six hours of download time, so I didn't get to play the demo. And I'm upset about it. So I saw the image talking about that demo, like, before it came out. I was looking at it, and was like, this says eight hours in Village. Like, that, that can't be, like, the time you have to play the demo, like, because that would be a really long demo. But then it yeah. also can't be just the amount of time you would have to download it because that would be a really short amount of time. And it turned out that was actually the answer. Yep. The best part about that is, too, like, I thought that maybe I misunderstood something and I would still be able to play the demo, so I finished the download. And then I tried to get back into it on, like, Sunday. And it will let you launch the demo, even though it's outside that span of time. And it will, like, load through the calibration stuff. Like, oh, you know, adjust your screen. Do you want to have HDR on or off? And then it will go, hey, demo's over, fuckhead. Check back in in four days. So that's neat. 
like I, I would assume that since it's installed now, the next demo that they're putting out, which is also going to be timed, like maybe all that stuff is installed with this, so I don't have to go through this again. Like that would be nice, but this is also just a really bad way to do a demo. I'm like also... I don't understand like what the problem is just leaving up the demo as it exists until the game comes out. Also, the game's out in like three weeks. It is. So, but it's like, still whatever. like if it, the thing that bugs me not is not necessarily missing a demo to a game that's coming out in a short amount of time it's just that this is a really bad way to frame your demo and put it up just in general yeah it is like i'd I rather people not do it this way i would mostly be interested if there's anything in the demo that's different from the actual game i played yeah, the maiden one too and i was like okay i played through it and was like All right, i've seen everything that was in this like just from the videos yeah. and stuff because it was so short um, but the Maiden thing is also like my understanding is none of that will be in the actual release of the game like that just exists as it is as uh, sort of like how uh, Resident Evil 7 they had that demo where you played as the two guys who were in the house prior to Ethan getting there Right, that's not in the core game well but you can... some of it is like that's that was what yeah. I was wondering because like yes that demo has some stuff that is in the actual game but than others that isn't so yeah you'll probably find like letters from that guy uh, that you play as in that demo or something like that i'm sure and you'll definitely go through like the same area they're not going to model all that stuff and not have you actually go into it during the actual game um what do you mean the maiden but demo? yeah like yeah i mean the maiden demo that um, guy yeah i don't know his name he's just some dude that they it's, it's he, like what are you talking about? It's the maiden. Oh, I thought it was a guy. It's con- I thought the maidens were the the ones that are like hunting you down in it because no. like through most of it you're just evading like one woman in there. No. Like, I was drinking maiden. a lot when I played that. <laughs> no, the maidens are like the ones they capture and they drink their blood. Okay. And you're one of well, those that's been captured and put down the God, you're look, stupid. Point point is you can still download that and you can still play it. Which is the correct way to do a damn demo Just leave it up Unlike a certain Wonder World <laughs> Taking their demo down Well at least you got to play it Yeah that's the important thing Got to spend a Look at least Wonder World will let you play that thing Indefinitely I spent a damn hour in there I didn't even beat the thing No because you like went back to previous levels and then did not get any extra items that you needed to proceed. No, because I needed other suits to get the items. That game sucks. It's terrible. Yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, like I, I'm bummed that I didn't get to play the demo because I am really looking forward to Resident Evil Eight, and I'd like to kind of you know fuck around in it a little bit, literally a little bit, because again, it's only a half hour long demo. And like I said, there's been plenty of demos that are just like, you can play this for a short amount of time, then the demo's going to close on you. And like, I don't really like that, but also it's just sort of an expected thing at this point. What's unexpected is just having like, in addition to that, there's only this frame of time that you can get the demo. I really, really, really hope that like Capcom maybe reevaluates that because I think it is shit. It's just a... It sucks. So But yeah, three weeks I'm I'm still looking forward to it. Like I mean I better be, because uh the other game I wanted got delayed until September. So 
What? Yay. Uh, Deathloop. Oh, right. Yeah. I thought maybe this was, was a new delay for something else no. you were talking about. I mean, each week it feels like there's a new delay, so sure. Right. Hey, I got a question for you. Hey! Actually. What? Hey! Larry, Hi. I got a question for you. Is there a new segment on the podcast? <laughs> hey, Larry! Hey, Larry! Hey, Larry, we, should I buy this? Would you eat the moon if it were made of ribs? <laughs> should I buy... No. Star Fox Zero for the Nintendo Wii no, U? No, no, no. It's real okay. bad. But I heard you could turn the gyro off. Isn't that true? And I like... And I like that the little icons make them look like puppets. I think that's really cute. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not great. Uh, well. Yeah, Larry, hey. Like that, hey, Larry. That, that bundle thing that came with it, I forget what it's called, oh. with like, uh, like Slippy's Dad or something. Like, that's a better game than Star Fox Zero is. Oh, jeez. Well, yeah, I was wondering because I could find new copies of the game with that packaged in for like 22 bucks. Yeah. So I was kind of curious because it seemed like that's not that much money for a like new sealed Wii U game. Well, that tells you how well it sold. Well, it's also kind of weird because there are used copies that are selling for like 15. So like a new copy is not that far off in price. Welcome back to everybody's favorite segment of this podcast where we talk about what prices games are on yeah. eBay. Well, as we all know, the only way to really determine how you know good a game is is how much money it's worth on the aftermarket. That, no. That's exactly Not like true. Glover. That's a twelve dollar game, and that is a twelve dollar game. Devil's Third. That's a hundred and twenty dollar game. Yeah, it's great. It's one of the greatest of all times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, Larry, should I buy Metroid Other M? Uh depends on how much it is. I think I okay, bought it for like Dylan, ten bucks. Dylan and Danny. Uh, have been yelling at me to not pull the trigger on that, but I keep going on eBay and looking at copies of other M and yeah, they're about like 10 bucks. Yeah. I keep thinking, I don't know, man. I'd. It's not a terrible game. I never really understood like why people hate it as much as they do. I'd rather play that than the Metroid primes on GameCube. According to Danny, it's the bimbofication of Samus, which I don't know. I'm kind of into it. Meh. I don't care. And uh, Dylan, every time I try to talk to him about it, he screeches like a ter- pterodactyl and just like flies away. It's really confusing. The worst part about it were the this gonna shock you the motion controls uh, because like oh, to what? shoot missiles, you have to point the Wii mode at the screen and aim around that uh, way. Why they why they put motion controls in a Wii game? I don't know. It's a bad idea. It's dumb. Should learn yeah. from Donkey Kong Country Returns. Actually, I guess <laughs> that still had the shake to roll, which sucked. Shake, shake. Shake, shake. Yeah. Do I... Well, you probably wouldn't know. I'm wondering if I, I need a nunchuck to play it because I am short uh, a nunchuck. I think so. Oh, okay. Well, then that's uh, an additional investment. Although, if I do that, actually, then I could play Donkey Kong Country Returns again. Actually, no. I don't think you do. Hmm. Well, because either way, I have like a $60 hole in my pocket because of Deathloop, and I'm like looking at games and trying to figure out how to fill it, so. Okay, that's yeah, not what that phrase it's... means. So, oh, oh. I'm saying that because I remember like having it sideways to play the normal mm-hmm. parts and then having to point it at the screen to shoot missiles in the first person thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think you need a nunchuck. 
Hey, look, my thought process here is uh, Nocturne HD. That's 50 bucks. Yeah, there you go. Other M is 10 $60 right there. Sure. Also, Deathloop anyway. would be 70 Right? Oh, was it? I think I so. it was 60 That's a PS5 oh, game, so probably 70 I'd have to go back. Yeah, I'd have to go back and check. But I, I you know, thought it was 60 but yeah, it might be 70 You know what's out this week, though? Hmm. Near Replicant. But I haven't even played near Automata. Automata, and uh, it doesn't matter. This first. But I thought. Also, okay. they're not well, really connected that much anyway. I still just want to play near Automata, and it's been Automata. fourteen dollars in the past, and it refuses to go to fourteen dollars again. And every time it does, it sells out immediately. So well, you should have gotten it back when it was. So too bad. I. Did you not listen to what I said? It sold out immediately. Like when it was, and yeah. I got the notice, like I loaded the site up it and not. it was already sold out. And then they did this like two more times. It was and it dirt sold cheap out for a right long away. time and you refused to buy it. Uh, oh, are you talking about before like Black yes. Friday? Okay. Well, then, yeah, sure. But back when like Black Friday of last year hit and started hitting $14 again, and I finally came around uh, and was like, okay, yeah, I want to buy this. Nobody cares. What? It kept selling out. <laughs> This is like the fucked up place I'm at with video games where like I don't know what this copy of a game is going to sell out really quickly. I can't figure it out. I mean, you can still like, buy them. It's just that you couldn't yeah, get it for the lower it, price. So, yeah, it's just it's specifically it's, when it hits that price it's gone, but it, the rest of the time like it's available but it's like 30 bucks or so. Um, like 25 or something. Yeah. So I am having problems kind of like that, except I can't buy it at all, which is with Gundams. Uh, I got a email alert that the Perfect Grade Unleashed Shark 78-2 was back in stock at USA Gundam Store, and as I clicked it, it was already gone. Hell and then yeah. later, same thing happened with the restock of the MG Dynamis. <laughs> Which is like the last MG that I have any interest in until the new it's like DOMs the come out. Last MG that they put out, for fuck's sake. They're yeah, barely kinda. putting Master Grades out. Well, they yeah. are, but they're just like add-on. Like it's like this is a a previous kit, yeah. but with an extra piece on it or whatever. Yeah, this guy's got a new backpack now. Yeah, that'll be fifty dollars, please. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. Actually, uh, the MG Barbados was after the Dynamis, I think. I do have the Barbados that. is talk about things people don't care about. The Barbados is really especially weird to me because they had like the uh I think like the one verse one hundred thing that they do where it's like not quite a master grade, yeah, but it's yeah. in that scale. And then they did the full mechanics, which is like it's not quite a master grade, but there's more going on with it than the one verse one hundred, and now they're finally like <laughs> here's a master grade of the same kit is like for fuck's sake i like how you called it the one versus 100 <laughs> like that's how strong your nostalgia is for one oh versus God, 100 I, I just want them to bring it back larry it was so good i know that's like if they put that back on the series x like fuck man i guess i'm buying the series x at that point oh yeah they did um, one of those dudes they did a master for, like master grade of the mobile gin who wants that and then that new um, Wing Gundam. Uh, Mobile Gin and Tonic. Gundam Curios. What even is that? Looks like crap. The Faz, it's a cabinet for Gundams. Fazverka. Age 2 Magnum. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, there's the Gundam NT1, Gunner Zaku. Yeah, they're, okay, Barbados was December 2019, and Dynamis was 2019 March. Again, I still have not been able to get them. Um, well, I suppose you could say, like, yeah, maybe COVID impacted them, and so there's been less kits coming out, but uh, the amount that they have been putting out before that makes it a similar excuse to Nintendo where it's like, yeah, I'm sure COVID impacted them, but like, were they really doing anything to begin with though? Well, I mean, in 2019 uh... they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, well, they're used to... Sinanju Stein narrative version is just like a variant. This was like right before you started collecting and building these things, though. but there used to be a master grade or more every single month. So even just like seven of them coming out in a year is like dire compared to what it used to be. Let me anyway, see. it's been Gundam talk. Larry and I... I do not think this is true, what you're saying, <laughs> from what I am seeing here. They used to come out in much more frequency than seven a year. Uh... And for that matter, they used to they used to come out with a much wider range of kits. It wasn't just, hey, we're doing like a new version of this one we've already done. Like, there were longer stretches of time where it's like everything's being based on a suit that has not had a kit before in this scale. Alright, the most recent year where they put out a lot of them was 2013. So. Has it been that long? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. This time 20- has no meaning anymore. 2014 had 1, 2, 3, Except 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, In terms nine. of recording time, we need to move away from Gundam's. <laughs> What about so- what's Sony up to? Uh, they're putting out some new Gundam model kits. No. Uh, <laughs> there's there's That's Sony it news. For the news. No one's. Oh right, there Movie Pass. Sony right, Movie Pass. It was pass. right before we started. No one knows what the pass does. It's a mystery to us all. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back, Movie Pass. It's gotta be Funimation related, right? Probably. Yeah. I I wonder if. What if Sony's starting their own like streaming service? I mean, what if that's sure. what it is? I don't know. Yeah. What if this hey. is their means of finally getting No Time to Die out? Hi. Hey. They're like, oh, we tried to shop it around and it didn't work. Remember how a Jim Ryan was like, people don't want to play old games. Yeah. Uh, and remember how Don Matrick was like, if people want to play older games, we have. We have a console for you. It's called the Xbox 360. Anyway, remember how Don Matrick was also like TV, 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 TV. Mm-hmm. You know, J- J- Jim Ryan. Oh, no. What I'm saying is Jim Ryan is going to peel his mask off. It was actually oh, Don shit. Matrick the entire time. Oh, no. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you may have gone too far in a few places. Can't wait to watch TV on my PlayStation 5. Yeah. I do think that it might be some sort of, like, Sony's way of distributing new movies. Didn't they shut down, like, r- rentals recently? Like, I, rental and, TV, like, movie buying and stuff? I'm not sure. I don't, I haven't heard anything about that. I thought they did. I thought they just, like, completely removed Maybe. it. It's it's possible. If that's the case, then maybe them trying to repackage it as something else would explain what this movie pass thing is. Could be. But I th- like again, they they've had this James Bond movie they've been sitting on for a while, and they have been trying to find a way to distribute it. 
And and what if this is their way of doing that? What if they are so frustrated trying to get other streaming services to buy their movies that they just decided, you know what, fuck it, let's make our own thing? We've seen tremendous growth from PlayStation fans using subscription-based and ad-based entertainment streaming services on our consoles. With this shift in customer behavior, we've decided to no longer offer movie and TV purchases and rentals through PlayStation <laughs> Store as of August 31st, 2021. Uh... uh well, so, I guess that says it right there, doesn't it? Yeah. That if they want to distribute those, that perhaps they would look into their own thing. Yeah. That was that, uh, that, that was just last month. So. Yeah, that might be what this is. If that is a recent choice that they made that could be made in anticipation for having a new well, mode of putting these movies out there. So the other thing, notably, is that this thing, it says it's like um, for a year. So I'm guessing it will be included with PlayStation Plus for that first year, and then after mm-hmm. that they're going to break it off like into its own separate thing and charge for it. If I could watch No Time to Die uh, at no additional cost to my PlayStation Plus membership, that actually would be pretty great. Uh, because as we all know, I'm a huge Bond head. Yeah, uh, someone's a Bond, Bond more freak. Than you. That's right. Uh, I know literally everything there is to know about James Bond. Ask me anything. Okay, um, how many people have played James Bond? Uh, no less than three. You're right. Of course I am. I'm the Bond freak. James Bond freak. Larry, are we moving on? Are we done with the movie pass? Uh, I guess so. Um, Okay. Yeah, that's just kind of a weird thing because don't... So they bought Funimation. And so is Crunchyroll, like, that's included in that, right? Or no, Sony already Plus? No, Sony already owned okay. Crunchyroll, I think. And then okay. they bought Funimation. And so now like one of those is redundant. I don't know. It, Wait, so did they really weird. not package that then in PlayStation Plus? They they just like no, you gotta pay extra? What? Crunchyroll. If they own it and they have the app on their store. Yeah. Are you able to access it and watch things using no. PlayStation Plus? Okay. No, why would you? Come on, don't be stupid. Because it, w- <laughs> because it would be a nice thing for them to do. Yeah, it would. Which, yes, means that I should not expect them to do it. But if if there, if it turns out that that was a thing that they were allowing people to do and I didn't know about it, I would have been wasting months of free anime. Yeah. Uh, I mean, thankfully, I haven't been. It's just not a thing, so. Yes. Yeah, I'll get my free anime when JoJo's Bizarre Adventure comes back mm. by using sites <laughs> that might be running off of <laughs> servers in Russia <laughs> with a bunch of really good ads that are just like, this game's going to make you come so hard you'll forget what you had for breakfast. It's still my favorite, like one of those weird porn game ads I've ever seen just specifically will make you forget what you had for breakfast. Like, damn. On December, anyway. Yeah, on December 9th, Funimation and its owner Sony announced they had reached a deal to acquire Crunchyroll. Mm. That's what it was. Sony already had Funimation, and then they bought Crunchyroll. They're on Weird. a quest to uh, buy up all the anime. Yeah. Sony will be your number oh. one stop for anime. Well, on March 24th, uh, United States Department of Justice extended its antitrust review oh, of no. the acquisition. Uh, so they're, they want to make sure they don't have a monopoly on the animes 
even though, I mean, they kind of would, really. But that also <laughs> didn't stop them from, like, letting Disney buy everything else in the world, so. Please give me a congressional hearing where there are, like, people trying to ask them to define what anime is. <laughs> It depends on it depends on what your definition of shoujo is. Bernie Sanders grilling them, trying to find out who the traitor is at UA High. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie just like demanding to know what's up with the various timelines of Hope's Peak Academy. <laughs> Finally, a congressional hearing that's fucking watchable. <laughs> Jesus. No time. Yeah. Hey, Larry, you know what else is fucking watchable? What? We're going back to the Gabagool Zone. It's time to talk about season two of the Tony Soprano show starring oh. Tony Soprano. Oh! Mamma mia. Oh! <laughs> Nobody interacted with it, but I did post a video where uh, Polly Walnuts is having a conf- uh, confrontation with Silvio, and for some reason Silvio just goes, Oh! Like Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> It's it sounds like it's ADR'd in too, yeah. is the thing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like someone in editing was like, this scene needs more punch. <laughs> needs so they had to Oh Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh th- this season is all about family. It's all about Richie April and his garbage business. Uh-huh. Richie April is great. Yes. I really like that actor. He he's so like Kind of well-meaning, but also a complete scumbag. Oh yeah, I uh like one of the first scenes is just him going just completely savage on that guy in the deli in front of everybody, and it's like, oh, they're they're telling you up front that this is a guy who has like a very short fuse, and he's not to be fucked with, and he's probably going to be an antagonist this season. And the most of the rest of the season is just like, I just want Tony to like me, so I gave him a nice jacket. Also, you got to see one of the best implementations of CGI in any show ever, which is the Wolfenstein 3D sprite of a pile of garbage behind them in one scene. Yes. Like, wh- what? That's so weird. So weird. Oh, the, I, I got yeah, an they argument dump all the garbage out on YouTube uh-huh. who was saying, like, no, it's not, they didn't have CGI back then. I'm like, well, first of all, uh,. <laughs> This was like 1999 or 2000 Second This is the same season that had the talking fish And did you think yeah. that was real? I don't know what you're talking about Dude, Mama Soprano is an entirely CGI character <laughs> Yeah she, She's <laughs> flying around in front of the camera Farting all the time <laughs> Yeah, Ronto walks in front of the camera For no reason <laughs> Yeah, um, I like how much Richie just wants to make a good impression on Tony because he just wants to, you know, marry Tony's sister. And then Tony <laughs> just is so fucking annoyed with him through the entire season. And, like, talk about, like, low-life goals. Like, imagine being oh, that yeah. enamored with Janish. Like, oh, the one of the worst characters on the show. Yeah, a lot of Mama Soprano has imprinted onto Janice. Oh, yeah. Uh, including... The willingness to murder family members, or at least to get other people to do it. Well, because uh, the well, end of the season starts to the yes, but the end of the season starts to mirror the end of the first season. Except instead of Mama Soprano putting it into Uncle June's ear that Tony's got to go, it's 
Janice trying to put it into Richie's ear. And then Richie also starts to act on it and he goes to uh, Junior about it and tries to get him in on it. And Junior's just like, I'm not fucking doing that again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> my life is shit. I'm getting my hands stuck in garbage disposals. I got this old broad who keeps coming over. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, just like... I think it's funny that Richie ends up getting shot, like, basically just because he was, like, wildly homophobic about his son. Yes. Oh, man. Turned into Tracy Jordan for a moment and then got smoked. (laughs) Tracy Morgan, please. Tracy Jordan is the character. Tracy Morgan, I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) Tracy Jordan would not do that, whereas Tracy Morgan absolutely would. I want to uh, take yeah, he... this Wolfenstein pile of garbage behind a middle school and get it pregnant. <laughs> yeah, Janice is just like, yeah, so what if he got a gay son? Who cares? And then he pops her in the mouth, and so she shoots him. And it's yeah. great, because, like, everything leading up to that point is just Tony making his peace with, like, okay, Richie's got to go. And then he just gets that call and comes over, and it's just kind of like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> Dump this body, uh-huh. chop this body up at the meat, uh, the uh, the butcher shop. Which, oh god, that that scene too of Chris just going like, I'm not eating here for a while. <laughs> like, man, I would not eat here ever yeah. after this. Uh, Chris has some good stuff in the season too, though. Uh, he pushes harder into trying to get his movie made, and so there's a lot of real good yes. stuff <laughs> with John Favreau in this season. Favreau, I love it. Yeah, uh, one episode, like, guest appearance by Alicia Witt, which was weird. Um, But yeah. Janine Garofalo showing up in this. And Sandra Bernhardt. Extremely, yeah, that is the thing that I think has dated Sopranos for me the most, is seeing Janine Garofalo in something. Eh, you know. She's still in stuff. Yeah, nothing I'm watching. It was in like the last season of 24. I don't want to get too far away from this, but like, are we in agreement that Lindsay Ellis is just a Janine Garofalo clone that like came out of the tube too soon? Yeah, probably, I guess. I don't really know anything okay. about her. You've not watched like even like one tiny clip nope. of her talking? Okay. Nope. You maybe should just for the purposes of confirming this for me because nope. she is extremely Garofalo esque. Uh, except. The difference between the two of them is I kind of like Janine Garofalo. Yeah, me too. She's she's nice. She's uh, uh, I like seeing her in things. She's in a Larry Sanders show, like a recurring role Ooh. in that. Um, okay. That's and also on actually, HBO Max. so is um, uh, Penny Johnson Gerald, uh, as seen in Deep Space Nine and also 24. Hmm. Might have to watch the Larry Sanders show. It's good. Uh, take a break from The Sopranos a bit and watch something no, else. But watch one of the other shows I've been screaming at you to instead of <laughs> You've uh, been like screaming so many hundred and twenty episode sitcom. Uh, well, look, I gotta watch TNG at some point, I and I really want to get through The Sopranos first, which is why I've been really hitting this thing hard. Yeah. Well, I just uh, finished season four, so mm. you need to get on it. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a lot of good bits of. Chris doesn't know how to talk to people is the thing. And so there's some really good stuff of him just alone in a room with John and just like pointing a gun at him and just being like, ah, what'd you think of my script? Tell me. <laughs> it's just like that whole thing is so funny because every time it shows a bit of his script it is the worst thing in the world. 
<laughs> yeah, it's fucking terrible. Yeah. And then everyone's trying to be really nice to him about it, of just like, oh, well, I mean, you know, you don't have a third act in this thing, but the second one's fine. <laughs> I am loyal to my capo. <laughs> I like his main character in that script wears like tap dancing shoes because it's like his signature but then he's just like well he's doing this hit and he's going to be on the roof but I can't figure out what to do about the tap dancing shoes because everyone will know he's up there that's right uh, Christopher Chrissy <laughs> Chris went very quickly from being a character who I just was like very annoyed with on the screen to being one of my favorites in the entire show yeah he's great he's a little he rage monster and he's trying so hard, and he's just so terrible that I can't help but love him. I mean, he's very similar to just, like, being a younger Polly Walnuts in a lot of ways, which makes it even yeah. funnier that they're, like, enemies for most of yeah. the show. Because that also... he's just, like, he's growing oh. into a Walnuts. <laughs> Help, I'm turning into a Walnut! <laughs> and then he's got to become a monster. bigger Walnut-shaped. Oh, no! Uh, if he becomes a monster, then Tony's going to have to put him down. Yeah. Can't have no monster on the street. No kind of heat that brings me. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Polly Walnuts, there's some really good stuff after uh, Chris gets shot by those two doofuses. Uh, which, by the way, I love those guys. Uh, they are just the worst. They yeah. don't know how to read people. They think murdering one of Tony's capos is going to reflect good on them, and so they try that, and hey, guess what? Doesn't work out. Well, uh, Christopher isn't a capo. Yeah, oh, at, I that point, a capo. at that point, he isn't even made, right? Or, or no, was I know he? he's not. No, he's not made, but I thought he was still a capo. No, no, he's just okay. like soldier. Um, oh, okay. I think I, I believe in their crew. Like Polly is the capo. And then Silvio is Consiliary. And then everyone else is kind of just soldier. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, regardless, though, I don't know why they would get it in their head that killing. Oh, well, oh, actually, it was a. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't to uh, appease Tony. I'm getting a little bit confused. It was to appease Richie. Because Richie oh, okay. doesn't like Chris. Even though, like, the thing again with Richie is that, like, yeah, he's. He himself is a monstrum. Yeah. And, like, it does not take much to set him off. And he doesn't really like Chris that much, but he like tolerates Chris. He it's kind of like a relationship where he's like, yeah, I'll I'll tell people I think he's a dumbass, stupid fuck, but also I'm not like want to kill him. Yeah. Also, he's related to Tony, so you really don't want to do anything yeah. to him. Yeah. And so that I do like though when the guy comes in, he's just like, I killed Chris. I did it. I did it, Mafia Dad, and Richie just immediately grabs a bat and chases him out of there. Uh, um, I feel like once I'm done with this, I'm going to end up just watching the first two seasons again. Uh, because oh, I don't remember a whole lot from them. Oh, God. Uh, do you remember the stuff about, like, Chris is in the hospital and he finally wakes up and he's talking about how he went to hell. And hell is a bar that's full of, like, a bunch of Greeks and romans no and like hell for italians is having to live in an irish bar for eternity <laughs> no i don't remember that and but that he sounds tells, right he tells Polly, he's just yeah there was this guy there that you killed and he told me to tell you 3 p.m and so like Polly gets 
like pushed down this rabbit hole of what 3 p.m. means and he starts to get like paranoid like psychosis and he sees like a psychic and the psychic is like correctly identifying people that Polly's killed I do the remember psychic this. would have no way of knowing yeah. and <laughs> Polly grabs a chair and throws it up across the room and yells something like I'm sick of this Satan shit <laughs> yes. and storms out I do remember that part yeah but I don't remember the bit with Chris saying that oh it's so good because like then paulie goes to his priest and he's sort of chewing his priest out and he's like i paid you all this money to make sure i don't go to hell what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> the priest is like well you need to pay more money and so like in this moment you see that paulie might be turning into an atheist <laughs> <laughs> it's just a really wild trip that paulie goes on for like a couple episodes it's fantastic i mean paulie is just like a savage in general though like if you want someone to get (laughs) shot a whole bunch polly's your guy yeah polly is still my favorite character in this show i like polly a whole lot i mean um yeah he's silvio's great too because of course he has the fantastic godfather impressions like that up front terrific characterization uh, he also has like that permanent scowl that he does, uh-huh. where his bottom lip is like puffed out. Yeah, it's and like he, Judge Dread mouth. Down, yeah, it's it's really good. Put the Judge Dread helmet on him, and he could play old Judge Dread for like a reboot or something. Do you know who that is, by the way? I don't know that I've no. ever mentioned it. That's uh, Little Steven from the E Street Band. Oh. Yeah. Him and Max huh. Weinberg, band friends. <laughs> It's just weird Um, because, like, if you see pictures of him with the band, he always has this weird bandana on and looks completely different than he does in the show. I'm going to have to look that up. I had no idea. Yeah. I did not know about the the Weinberg connection. Yep. And, uh... Man. La Bamba is going to show up next season. Yeah, his wife on the show is just his actual wife. They were just like, eh, be on the show. (laughs) Whatever. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice that they included her. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, so there, there's also a lot of stuff about the sanitation business. Like, I, I do just want to chime in for a moment that, yeah, I laughed my head off when they dumped the garbage out and they have the <laughs> shot where the garbage is, like, right in the front of half of the frame and they blur it over, but it's just a lot of the same pieces of garbage repeating. It is the worst texture job. And, like, the camera moves, the but it stays, like, in one place, like the Wolfenstein yes. sprite. It's yeah, real bad. He's calling up uh, the sanitation department. It's just like, you gotta get the Sprite off my property. <laughs> it's I huge. Can't, I can't handle it. No matter where I move, it's looking at me. It's like one of them paintings. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yeah, Richie's using the sanitation business to push Coke, uh, which is not good for Tony. It's going to bring undue attention, and so that's one of the, the breaking points for them. And then, you know, Uncle Junior, he's part of that because, of course, he is. Um, but there's there's real good stuff at the end of the season. Uh, we kind of mentioned last time we did one of these that I was confused what they were going to do with Big Pussy because he just kind of disappears and comes back. Yep. And the answer is that Big Pussy is also wearing a wire. They got to both of them. Uh-huh. Uh, but he has been wearing a wire for a significant amount of time. I think he says a year and a half is how long he's been recording things. Uh, but by the end of the season, Pussy starts getting these delusions that, like, he's going to join the FBI. Like, he's going to be some Frank Abigail right. motherfucker. Because there are the bits with him talking with the, uh, the FBI guy who is um, also uh, on 24, 
It was on. He was uh, Edgar on Twenty Four. The fat I thought guy. Thought he was also in Max Weinberg's band, and that would have been <laughs> real weird. Well, okay, well, for one thing, I don't think it's Max Weinberg's band. I'm pretty sure it's Bruce Springsteen's band. Um, to me, but... it's Max Weinberg's <laughs> band. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, and um, so I will say later on, you still see Big Pussy every once in a while. Um. Because he does appear in flashbacks Which is nice I'm sorry I had a moment where I was thinking about when Max Weinberg did the bit on Conan Where as he drummed his like drum kit Would yeah would like drive around the city And now I'm just Because I thought to myself like Bruce Springsteen might be the front man But he's just along for the ride And so now I'm just like Bruce Springsteen is like Tied by the foot to the back of the drum (laughs) He's just getting like dragged around LA Yeah Ah man I miss old Conan O'Brien Also it's New York by the way Whatever I got confused because remember They moved the show to yeah, California yeah. When, they, at some point. when they went to the Tonight show and moved to LA Yeah but I, the, I thought that the that good old bit days, Occurred on the was... Yeah I thought that yeah, bit occurred yeah, on the yeah. Tonight show Yeah that was yeah. That, that was like near the end of Max's tenure Yeah like I, He was leaving to go to do a concert I think is what that bit was but yeah He didn't he left the show kind of shortly after that anyway Yeah anyway Back to the Gobble Okay. Um, th- there's some good stuff with. I'm kind of just like listing off all the characters because I think that the, the thing that made this season the most rewarding to me is you finally get them like really just diving into each character and giving them a lot more to do this season. It's about the family. The first season, yeah, it's about family. The the first season, some characters felt kind of like listless. They were just sort of there, uh, but this one, everyone has some sort of purpose throughout the entire season. Melfi is becoming an alcoholic. Uh, and I like her stuff of her just seeing a psychiatrist herself more to cope with seeing Tony, but seeing Tony has become a compulsion. She's trying to tell herself she's helping him, but it's totally about satisfying some desire that she has. Uh, so that way, stuff's really neat. I think it's really funny how they get Peter Bogdanovich to like do a recurring role on the series. Like I thought that would be kind of it, but yeah. he's still in episodes I've been watching. He just shows up oh. every once in a while. Huh. Just like they got the bog, he's back. Yeah, use every part of the Peter Bogdanovich. <laughs> yeah, they had to keep him in ascots. They just got like a whole <laughs> section of wardrobe for his ascots. This is the ascot room. Very uh, king looking entirely to Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the ascot room and it's just like ascots hanging off of like clothing racks and everything, but like. The actor who plays Polly Walnuts is just kind of in the back corner. You can see him slightly peering through a couple of ascots. <laughs> it's like a behind-the-scenes featurette thing. That seems like it would be a bit on a show. Like he, like he hijacked a truck that he thought was going to be full of DVD players, but it was nothing but ascots. And then he's just like, "Chrissy, I got all these ascots. I don't know what to do with them." No, Larry, please. They're Pokemon cards. <laughs> they hit the truck full of Pokemon cards in this. Yeah. That's Which true. made me bust out that. laughing Because first of all back at that point of time Sure Pokemon cards Would have been worth a lot of money If you you know stole a truck of them and were selling them But I'm thinking about them like kind of getting Shafted with a truckload of Pokemon cards And they still have them today and it's like Oh fuck I checked the Professor Oak site And these are like not worth anything <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. they dump all the Pokemon Cards out in front of some guy's Business and it's just a texture of Pokemon Cards <laughs> Polly just like screaming I got nothing but mankeys over here <laughs> Not a Venusaur be... in the bunch 
there better be a season three clip where Chris is trying to teach Tony how to play the Pokemon trading card game. <laughs> I wish. Chris seems like the one who would be into it. He yeah. loves heroin and he loves Pokemon. Those and, <laughs> and movies. Those are his three passions. He does love heroin. Yeah, that's for sure. I, he he doesn't really like movies though. He likes movies in the way I like movies, where I talk to a lot of people who really like movies. But then, like when it's my turn to talk about it, and I'm like, I really liked UHF. <laughs> well, sure. Gremlins yeah. two. That's uh, my favorite of all time. I think. Yeah. Oh, what's yeah. that? High and low. I don't think I've seen. I you know on the waterfront. Yeah, it's like in black and white. Who wants to watch that? I got Good Burger. Yeah, exactly. Look, you yeah. understand quality. Super Mario I do. Brothers. I know. Look, I know what I like, and really, the most important thing is you know what you like. Anyway, Chris anyway. does not like the movies of John Favreau. <laughs> no, I love how many times he just brings up like, yeah, the acting in that movie was shit, and John's like visibly hurt by it. Yeah, like that's, that's the great. thing that that episode like should have been just like a dumb gimmick things or like later simpsons where it's like the smashing pumpkins why are you doing in springfield but it's actually really funny yeah it is partly um, because that like john favreau is just such a weird choice to be the guy that yeah, shows up in the sopranos speaking of movies though there's and and melfi there's another good point where tony's talking about like yeah i was watching this brad pitt gwyneth paltrow movie and she's like sliding doors and he's like fuck no i don't watch that <laughs> queer shit it was seven there uh the last episode i watched there's a bit where uh, tony is in bed with his guma and uh she's like flipping through tv channels and then prince of tides comes on and he's just like hey hey turn it back turn it back and you just like sit there a while and watch him watch prince of tides <laughs> he's just like yeah she's like are you kidding and he's like no i like nolte <laughs> that's like avant-garde man <laughs> that's experimental filmmaking yeah um yeah so Getting back to Big Pussy. So, well, actually, the, reason, the reason for this is because that movie is about a guy like uh, in an antagonistic relationship with his therapist. And so mm. then he sees this and decides, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to send oh, Melfi no. a, a box of, or like a, a big bouquet with also a bottle of Tide in it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is tony's idea of a great idea he's he like includes a card that says like from your prince of tide and it shows melfi just like <laughs> opening it and looking at it and just being like what <laughs> jesus christ tone yeah uh, he's having so... some problems at the moment he's having problems all the time this whole show is just tony soprano having problems yeah um, I mean, like he's at problems. the point where he's like sitting in the backyard smoking a cigar, holding an AK, waiting for a bear to show up so he can shoot it. <laughs> I can't wait to get to these later seasons. <laughs> um, so Tony's problems in this season not only include Richie, but also the murder that he did to get back at the guy who shot Chris, uh, which then has him realizing that there is a witness and that he is possibly going away for murder until like another really good scene. The witness realizes that the crime that he is a witness to was actually committed by the mob, specifically Tony Soprano. Yeah, He thought it was yeah. just like a, a, a drug deal gone wrong. And so he immediately gets up and is like, I'm calling those fucking cops back and telling them I forgot everything. Yep. Uh, and so Tony gets spared um, until 
uh, after Big Pussy's death. So they there is the the final episode half of it is a bunch of really bizarre dream sequences where tony's like on a boardwalk he keeps hearing the sound of wood creaking and bit by bit he's realizing that big pussy has betrayed him uh and by realizing it i mean he gets a bunch of clues but it doesn't really all fall together until big pussy appears as a fish and just literally tells him i had another big mouth billy bass dream last night <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of good bits in this, though. <laughs> just Tony running and going to throw up and a bunch of just really loud farting sounds that they threw into the audio track of this. And yeah. so the first half of this episode was uh, what I would describe as a laugh riot. I was having the time of my life, just all these farts showing up in the season finale of season two of The Sopranos. Um, especially because I had turned subtitles on for some reason, so I kept getting in parentheses of farts, <laughs> and I did not <laughs> shut it off for this reason. Um, but he uh, confirms this by finding the wire that Big Pussy has been wearing, so they invite him on a boat and then reveal to Big Pussy what they know. Uh, Pussy cops to yeah, address um, makes some yeah, excuses. Yeah, because like they go to his house, and Tony's just like, "Hey, I gotta use the bathroom," and like, yeah, I gotta take a big ship. Yeah. yeah. And and finds the the tapes and everything, because uh, Big Pussy at this time is also like he's trying to go outside of what's expected of him as an informant, which is just you know do what we tell you wear the wire. Uh, he starts like tailing people and recording things into a tape recorder. He's going way outside of things, and it's surprisingly not what brings him down. I thought he was actually going to get caught over the Pokemon cards thing, uh, but still like. I like that stuff towards the end where Pussy is trying to like turn a new corner and the guy who's kind of like his FBI handler is starting to find that he enjoys the company of Big Pussy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and him like he kind of realizing like, no, we need to draw the line here. You're not going to become FBI. You know, I can't get too close to the people who are my informants. Uh, and then Big Pussy gets his Big Pussy shot and tossed into the water. Uh, but the season ends with um they we kind of talked about it outside the gabagool zone but like uh tony busting out this guy's business um and in the process commits wire fraud and takes some of the tickets uh plane tickets that were stolen gives them to his mom tells his mom to just fuck off <laughs> just go mm -hmm. somewhere else for a while uh, but airport security finds the fake tickets. They tie back to Tony. And at the end of the season, Tony has been arrested for wire fraud. So despite beating the homicide rap, he gets caught for making a really dumb, you know, mistake. Uh, yeah. And so I'm curious to see where they end up going with that. Um, obviously, there's four more seasons of the show. So I'm assuming he gets out of it somehow. Well, so that's related to uh, Olivia's character dying. Um, or, well and her the actor dying is because that was supposed to be the whole thing is mm. that she would testify against him about the the uh, the st the stolen tickets uh but that like she died between seasons so yeah it just kind of peters out but season 3 i would say is when the show gets really good cuz that's when it really gets into the whole FBI investigation thing and how closer they're getting to him and... I mean, it's already so good right now. I heard all those farts. It was <laughs> great. True. Yeah, but uh, the yeah. biggest toll is, of course, no more big pussy. I, I know you yeah, say yeah. he shows up in flashbacks, but you know, I was actually thinking that 
they were going to run with that for a lot longer. No. Like, I well, thought that the main thing this season would have been, like, killing Richie and, and that kind of compounding Tony's problems and coming, like, you know, blowing back on him in a big way. I was not expecting them to also resolve Big Pussies. Yes, I also thought he was going to be a character for way longer than he actually was. Um, But you kind of get a replacement of him with Bobby Baclieri, who starts showing yeah. up in season three, and he's he's a such a sweet boy. I love him. He's, Big he's, pussy too. Oh yeah, like kind of. Um, yeah. but he's sort of just a huge fat guy. Uh, who is like he's stuck having to take care of Junior at how at his house because he's under house arrest or yeah. whatever. And so he's just like, yes, Junior, yes, I'll make you a sandwich. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, all right, I gotta drive him off somewhere or whatever. He's he's basically just his personal assistant. There was a really good bit with that after Junior got his hand stuck in the garbage disposal and he's like laying into him because he like he told Junior up front, like, I, I gotta go do something today, is that cool? And Junior's like, yeah, that's fine. And then like Junior's getting pissy at him because his hand got stuck after that and he's just like, why are you being so hurtful to me? It's not my <laughs> fault your hand got stuck in the garbage disposal. <laughs> and, like, Junior has this moment where he's kind of just like, yeah, I am kind of being a jerk. <laughs> it was just very sweet. So, so it's a little moment between these two characters. Season two does not have the bit with uh, Janish and uh, Svetlana, right? That I think that's three. It I'm might sure be. be. Where? Uh, yeah. Okay. But like, I like Svetlana a lot. She's cool. Yeah. Deserves well, better than to have a deal with these freaks. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. That. Is all for this installment of the Gobble Zone. Um, we'll get to season three eventually. I do want to kind of take a break and watch ah. some other shows that Larry has been. You, t- ooh, <laughs> you told me earlier you need to watch other things that I've been screaming I, about. I told you to watch How to with John Wilson, which is six episodes that are thirty minutes long, and Midnight Run, and yeah, which the Larry Sanders a, Show, a and I Painting with John. <laughs> I didn't say Larry Sanders show actually. Uh, yeah, painting the John also I, like six episodes. I took the hint. Also, uh, that one show with the weird looking British guy. What, Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge. Yeah, well, that's it. Again, that's like probably twelve episodes total. It adds up, Larry. Yeah. You got six and six and twelve. What does that make? Uh, I'm asking you. What does that 24. make? I don't know. Okay. You know, like uh, with Edgar and Janine Groff. Oh no. <laughs> Now I also have to watch 24. Shit. You should. Now that's a show. Uh, Miguel Ferrer was in it. We need to move on to Retro Corner. Okay. And in the Retro Corner, we all wear masks. Figuratively yeah. speaking, Mr. Ippius. Uh, but my mask is a adorable little snowman who says hee-ho a lot. And he gets into all kinds of trouble. And I love him. He's my precious son. Uh, I I beat both of the personas too. There we go. Now I gotta talk about him. Um, I'm a big fan of the Persona series. Uh, and like all fans of the Persona series, I think that Jazz was invented by Persona. And Persona 5 is the only game that exists. Just in general. Uh, but then someone told me that there's more Personas. And so what? I decided to sit down and play. I know. I was just as surprised as you are. Uh, I've played Persona 3 uh, Fess and short for festival which I don't know why they, that sounds dumb to say festival anyway Fess. I've played Persona 4 
uh, but I've never played one and two. And I'll probably never play one uh, because was... one is like in first person and it looks terrible. I was going to ask if you will ever play one. <laughs> no. Uh, well, also, like, part of the problem with one is like the English translation, like the original PlayStation release of that thing is like really fucked. What if you played the version that came out on PSP? I might end up doing that at some point. Like the the thing that kind of like makes me shy away from Persona One is that it's weirdly divided into two different scenarios, but in one game. So either you go uh, fight some organization called Seabeck, or you go deal with like the Ice Queen, who is some sort of demon that exists within the school, and like each of them are their own like full blown campaigns, and so there's a lot of game there. Uh, but also was, I... Uh, when I got back out onto the boat and said, uh, this is for <laughs> the information, and shot him a bunch. It was okay. He's like, well, oh no, my back is still fucked up, and then they shot him. You well, mean that back, right? Yeah. Well, that's what inspired okay. him to make sea change, though. And then, you know, he, oh. he came back. Mm. So Persona 2, I did not think that either of these would be as long as they were. So that's my mistake. I really should have divided them into two different games on the list. Uh, although they're still pretty similar to one another, and it's totally possible to just kind of view them as two halves of one more complete game. Uh, I think I got it into my head that Persona 2 Eternal Punishment would be very Fess-esque, in that it would just not be maybe longer than, you know, 20 hours or something. It would be fairly short. Uh, but nope, that game took me 50 hours to beat. Uh, Persona 2 Part 1 that was maybe closer to 40 hours so Eternal Punishment is longer um, but these games are structured very differently from what Persona has kind of become. Uh, Persona as it exists now no is S-links. also like no S-Links it's not, uh, Persona 2 is not a social simulator you can't date any of the girls garbage. Sort. Why would you bother of? playing that? Maybe you can Apparently there is a romance thing in the game that I never interacted with and found out about after the fact. Just like in real life. That was just kind of mean. <laughs> what you said it was a little uncalled for and I'm not... <laughs> it was a good one. You jerk. <laughs> um, so... Might as well just start with Innocent Sin, because it's the one that came first. Uh, in, in Innocent Sin, that's where the, remo- where the romance thing exists. Apparently, you can get into a romantic relationship with either Lisa Silverman. She is a... Uh, she is... Her family is from America, but she speaks fluent Chinese, but she doesn't speak fluent English, and they're now Japanese nationals. Her whole thing is weird. Uh, they call her Ginkgo, which I guess is supposed to be an insult but I don't understand it. Mm. Um, Anyway, she's a fun character. I like her a whole bunch. She's one of the ones you can romance. I think in the game I pretty much did because like by the end of it, it seemed like she was the one that had like the answers I gave were the most romantic towards her. And the reason that was is because Maya, uh, who is kind of, I guess, supposed to be the main love interest, like she's in her 20s and the main character is like 17 and that kind of felt gross to me so i went with the girl that was closer in age to the main character because it made more sense um but maya is a reporter for a teen magazine and she's got fucking guns and she shoots people (laughs) and she's cool with it (laughs) yes um maya is great there's multiple points in the story where she tries to like she pilots a blimp and a boat 
and all the characters are just like, do you know how to drive this? And she's just like, yeah, I got my driver's license, so it's fine. Yeah, she sure. crashes both of them horribly. <laughs> um, uh, there is uh, Yukino. She is a character from Persona 1. She was the, uh, she's like the punk girl in that game. She was a delinquent. Nice. And now she's just like a, she's a really cool, like a uh, photographer for the same magazine that Maya works at. She's fantastic. She's like the, the mother of the group. She's a really great character who unfortunately leaves like halfway through the story. Mm. Um, you have Ikechi, uh, who is also named Michelle or Michelle. Like it's a name that he takes as like a stage name. He's basically the um, Junpei or the uh, Yusuke of the group. So you uh, were he's playing this with, way better like, with the fan translation thing, right? Yes. Because yes. I remember the uh, the one that came out here had a bunch of name changes. Yeah, uh, more so in Persona One, where yeah. like all the characters got changed to like English names. Well, they also and, like, like kind of the thing... their char- like they changed their portraits. Oh yeah, like... yeah, they turned one character black. Yeah, just for some reason. Yeah. Uh, eh. Those the weird thing is those characters show up in Persona too. So like a, a thing about the Persona series is they've always had this kind of connective tissue. In Persona Three, you hear about some of the characters from Persona Two, and in Four, you visit the, the same location from Persona Three. Well, in Three, um, there's the bit um, where you have the person you talk to on the computer, and she uses the name yeah, Maya. Maya, and then I think like that online game is called Eternal Punishment. Uh, I think so. Or. or... Was it yeah. if? It might have been sin and punishment or something like that. I, I can't remember. Uh, that's a different game. Um, well, uh, so that's kind of the thing with Persona 2, though, is there is a lot more like crossover. The entire cast of Persona 1 shows up in Persona 2, and a lot of them are just persistent within the world. You can go talk to them at any time. Um, and because they had those name changes, they retain the names that they had from the American version of Persona 1. Oh, so okay. you'll go talk to this woman whose name is just like Erica. Oh. It's like that's not her name, but whatever. It's Erica. Um and then like uh so I, I kind of described like the main characters of the game. And the reason I did that is because characters are very important to Persona. Like one of the things that the series has always been good at is kind of creating these very good like interpersonal relationships between the main cast. And I was very happy to find that Persona 2 is just as good about that even when you remove stuff like the social links you don't have as much sort of like tertiary interaction you're not hanging out with these guys at school you are constantly being thrust ahead in the plot there's much more urgency to it but they still give a lot of time to kind of build those relationships um so i was surprised to find that because i figured like playstation one game totally different focus maybe just wouldn't be as good about that um but uh speaking of if uh, one of the major components of this game is the rumor system. Uh, it One of the themes of the game is uh, Kododama, which is this Japanese sort of philosophy that uh, words carry such meaning that they can manifest things into reality. And so in the world of Persona 2, rumors are starting to become real. And so the way that ends up translating into a mechanical element of the game is that as you talk to people in the world, you'll pick up rumors, you go to this detective agency that specializes in propagating those rumors, and then those rumors become real, and they change things within the world or the mechanics of the game. Uh, 
And the reason I bring up If is one of the people working at that agency is the main character from Persona If. Or not Persona If, I'm sorry, Shin Megami Tensei If. Okay. Which is weird to see them pop up. Yeah, <laughs> it's just sure. like, oh, wait a minute, this character design looks kind of familiar. Um, but that system sucks. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. <laughs> okay, And the reason the it's fucking terrible... I'm going to tell you what the problem is, Larry Davis. The problem is that... I got a lot of problems of... with the rumor system, and now you're going to hear that's about r- it. That's right. I've got the entire development staff of Persona 2 at the dinner table, and I'm going to wrestle them <laughs> after this podcast. Um, the, the, the problem with it is, in the, in the start of the game, a lot of that stuff is actually like, oh, you need to... The Part of the way you unlock new dungeons is you got to go down these quests of gathering the right rumors. Or, like, you can change the layout of a dungeon by spreading the right rumor. Um, and then it devolves into just, well, you finished a dungeon and you need new weapons, so you got to talk to all five of the rumor mongers and get their rumors for the shops, and then you go back and you determine which shops you want to update the inventory on. And then it's just, like, this really long, unnecessary process where it's, like, ten minutes at a time of just running around doing busy work just to be able to buy new items. And that's all the rumor system is. It doesn't branch out anymore after that. It is just, this is how you update the shop inventory. And it mm. sucks. Um, That's a bummer. It is. Uh, but we'll get into the way it manifests in Persona 2 Eternal Punishment in a little bit. Because they address some of that stuff. Uh, but like, you know, going into the mechanics again, like the, the battle system is very different than what you might expect from these games too. Uh, in modern Persona games, it really puts a focus on exploiting elemental weaknesses uh, in order to gain more turns or to do all-out attacks. In Persona 2, that stuff doesn't exist. There's still elemental weaknesses, but they're much more subtle about how they're impacting the battle. Uh, the main thing is fusion spells. So if you order certain spells the correct way, you'll end up doing the equivalent of an all-out attack. And so dealing damage in high quantities is based on discovering these fusions and executing on them. Uh, But actual, like, turn order and battle is based on you telling each character what you want them to do and then letting the battle auto-run. Which, in some regards, is good because it allowed me to, like, get up and make a sandwich uh, because the game's piss easy. Get up and get Dr. Pepper. Get up and charge your controller. Uh-huh. Get a piece of cake, you know, watch some Sopranos. I got a lot of Sopranos watching done while playing Persona 2, actually. <laughs> um, for this for this exact reason, you can kind of just let battles run in the background. Um, but, like, I kind of miss being able to go character to character during a turn and decide what I want to do. This is, like, the first SMT game I played where it felt like status buffing and debuffing, like, does not matter at all. Weird. Yeah. It's a bummer to me. I like that stuff in later SMT games. It is like nice of those games. In earlier SMT games, it was more of a big deal. Yeah. Maybe. How I, I mean, got like so far well, into I SMT suppose, too. So. I suppose like Persona is kind of specifically meant as like an intro to the series, and so maybe that's why. Yes. Yeah. They're they're like. They I dare wanna... anyone to go from Persona Five to Nocturne. Yeah, it's going to be a bad experience. We don't want to confuse people with all these Raku Kajas and Taru Kajas and whatever. Yeah. It's weird because, like, at the end of the game, I had, like, Dikunda, and I was just like, oh, mm. yeah, Dikunda's great because, like, it will automatically cancel out any buffs that the enemy puts on them, except the enemies never put buffs on themselves. So Dikunda is just a worthless spell to have. Cool. 
it yeah it is a little bizarre i don't know how much of that is maybe them changing things in the american version to make it easier i don't think that's the case because like the innocent sin one is just it's a fan translation and they don't really use status spells in that version of the game either huh. so i don't know but it then falls into like the jrpg stuff that bugs me where it's just like well you just line up the best spells that you have and you just let the battle run and it's the same battle every single time. And so then that gets back into why auto battle is maybe a blessing because I can take my attention away from it even more and have it not matter. Mm -hmm. um, so I was kind of disappointed by the way that battles actually take place. All this stuff that's really good about Persona 2 is really the stuff that exists outside of that. Um, mostly with the story. So you don't like the battles. You don't like the rumor nope. system. Nope. Um, okay. Nope. <laughs> nope. I don't like it at all. I um, like it. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. But the story is really good, though. And it's, and it's kind of... Hitler's there, man. It's great. Everyone's getting Hitler jokerified. Everyone's joke. Yes. So the the overarching plot of the first game is that there is a game where you summon the Joker, and the Joker will make your dreams become reality. But the Joker is also a bad guy who's running a cult called um the the Masked Circle. I think is what it's called in one version. It's the Masquerade in the one that I played. Uh, but it turns out the Masquerade was a game that all the main characters played as kids. Uh, and the guy who becomes the Joker was one of your group of friends. Uh, but Maya is going to, like, move one day, and they decide in their dumb child brains that if they lock her in a shrine for the night, she won't be able to move. Uh, but then some weird, like, pyromaniac sets it on fire, and all the kids think that Maya died. Uh, and then later find out that the Maya in their party is the same Maya who they thought died. Uh, but for one character in particular, June, Uncle June, uh, it drives him nuts, and he becomes the Joker. <laughs> and so... Uncle Joker. Yeah, you eventually save Uncle Joker, and he joins your party. Uh, and then you find out that a lot of the events of the game are being manipulated by... Uh, I'm going to fuck up the name. Narlahotep. Um, H.P. Lovecraft character. Yeah. There's a lot of H.P. Lovecraft stuff in this, actually. Um, seems to be what they leaned on for this one. Uh, but he's the dark opposite of Philemon, uh, who is the the main, like entity in persona games who stopped showing up after two except like yeah. as a butterfly yeah like that's really the only reference to him ever existing is just like eh, sometimes yeah. butterfly shows up but like igor doesn't mention him anymore i don't think nope except like philemon is at the core of everything like the the weird part of persona 2 is it is maybe the most significant in terms of like persona canon specifically because it really gets into like okay there's this like collective unconsciousness for humans and in that collective unconsciousness, there's Philemon who thinks that, like, humans can be more than what they are despite having all these conflicting emotions within themselves. And then you have his opposite, Narlahotep, who thinks that, like, humanity kind of sucks. And, like, these conflicting emotions will just lead to their downfall. So they engage in, like, a contest to see who's right. And the bad guy wins at the end of this game. The world gets, like, straight up destroyed. Like, it stops spinning and society collapses and everybody except the main cast dies cool it's weird <laughs> it is the end of this game is like the start of nocturne everyone's fucking dead and there's demons everywhere and so like you make this deal where you forget your memories 
and that will like erase oh no the one point in time where everything went bad and will create a diversion timeline where everything is the oh, way that it no. should be all of persona exists in a divergent timeline the main timeline in the persona series is an apocalyptic wasteland anyway near replicant <laughs> is out this week <laughs> <laughs> Just like, you know, completely unrelated to this. <laughs> Your Replicant is a divergent timeline from Persona 2 uh, well, when Arlo Hope like, destroyed mankind. I mean, actually, it's a divergent timeline from Drakengard when uh, mm. the world was destroyed. <laughs> but <laughs> also, everything else you were saying is like the end of Near 1. Oh, boy. But anyway. <laughs> Well, now I don't need to buy it. I already played near one. Spoilers. Just took took care of it. Two and one. Uh, yeah. So like that's how this whole thing leaves off is just this really bittersweet ending of like the characters just not remembering each other. They Maya and the main character run into each other and they share this look like they're starting to figure it out and that's where the game ends. Um. So you would think that then Eternal Punishment, this being a duology, is going to build off of that and kind of complete that story. And the thing about Persona 1 is you see all the characters from Eternal Punishment in Innocent Sin. Uh, Lala, which is Maya's roommate, who yeah, from is Space Channel a, 5. Exactly. She's a drunk. She likes to box. She swears a lot. She's prone to bouts of anger. She's basically my perfect woman. <laughs> and one of my favorite characters in the Persona series. She shows up for just like one dungeon in Innocent Sin because uh, she got scammed by her boyfriend and is like practice, like training boxing with the express purpose of kicking his ass. Yeah. Uh, Baofu, who uh, is this kind of like Bato looking character, shows up just drunk in a scene in Innocent Sin that's like a flashback. And, and that's it. He's just like, ah, I've had too much to drink. You, you kids go home, it's getting dark out. But he has this like character portrait and everything. Uh, Tetsuya, the main character, his brother Katsuya is a cop. You see him in the police station in Innocent Sin. All these characters become the main party members of Eternal Punishment. And you think that they're setting them up, like they're laying the seeds there in the first game of like where they're going to go with these guys. So it might surprise you to find out that Eternal Punishment was never supposed to exist. Okay. The reason Eternal Punishment is a game is because Innocent Sin sold like shit. <laughs> in Japan, it launched at like number 62 on the sales charts. Weird. It did Balan Wonder World numbers. It was bad. Except this would be like if they turned to Yuji Naka and said, we need to recoup some of our expenses. So do an acid flip on Balan Wonder World and make Balan Wonder World 2. And then Balan Wonder World does numbers. <laughs> okay. Because that's what happened with Eternal Punishment. Um, so weird. We Especially owe the Persona like... franchise existing to Eternal Punishment doing ridiculously well, despite ostensibly being an acid flip. Well, it's also just weird because like, it's not like Shin Megami Tensei was an unknown quantity. Like It was a popular yeah. series. I have no idea why Innocent Sin would have done so badly. Yeah, it just it performed like crap. Maybe and it was so people just... who played the first one and were like, nope, not another Persona possible uh again this is japanese sales numbers and since then did not come out here yeah uh they 
their logic was, well, if you can reuse a bunch of dungeons and characters and stuff and you can make another game on the cheap, then we might be able to recoup some of the cost from the first game flopping so hard. And so, like, they had a very limited scope of what they wanted to do with it, and then apparently they blew way outside of that scope. And the game definitely shows it. Um, the The biggest downside to this game is you do pretty much just go to the same dungeons all over again. Like, it's kind of unfortunate. The layouts are virtually the same. It's a lot of the same demons. Except it just, like, plays way, 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 way better. Uh, the rumor system is, like, completely overhauled. Uh, shop inventory is not contingent on the rumor system anymore. Uh, most of the rumors are things that will get you side quests or will change, like, character dialogue and things like that. There's stuff that are, like, actually worthwhile and worth interacting with. Uh, so that's great that they completely fixed that and made it something that was fun to interact with. Um, there is, to that point, there is a giant gold like Nikomata in the uh, detective agency. And if you give it $100,000, you'll end up unlocking the door to the bathroom. And there is a Nikomata demon in the bathroom. And when you sure. talk to her, you get a bunch of meows over the theme of the detective agency. And she'll give you like really <laughs> dumbass rumors. Part I know you can read my mind. Meow 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 meow. Exactly. Um, rumors great. Like you have Trish fountains. Uh, those are little like healing stations inside dungeons. Except Trish will charge you a absurd sum of money to heal. Where in the early game, it's not worth using at all. Uh, you can talk to the Nikomata and spread a rumor that Trish had decided to start selling soft-served ice cream instead. And then <laughs> okay. you can just go buy ice cream at the Trish Fountains, which give you stat buffs. All right. Uh, there's one that's just like, Trish, the money grubber, has changed her ways, and that's a random one. So either she'll change her ways and she'll see that, like, I've been overcharging people and I just want to do right, so I'm going to, like, charge you cheap now for healing. Or she'll be like, you know what? I've been charging too little. I'm changing my ways. You need a pony up. <laughs> so there's just like a lot of really neat stuff like that with the rumor system. I'm really glad that they changed that stuff. Um, battling is still kind of the same that it, it was in the previous game, except I found that the fusions were easier to figure out and they were a lot more useful. Um, negotiations are a lot different between the two games. Uh, in the first one, each character has like four different options for negotiations, and you have to kind of figure out what will build a contract or what will just have the demon give you some cards. Oh, uh, Cards are then exchanged to summon personas. So like if I want a Jack Frost, I need like 100 magician cards, and then I can summon hey, Speaking of, did you see that the uh, Nocturne HD version added the thing like from recent personas where you can just select what skills you want the demon to inherit when you fuse? <laughs> fucking finally yeah like that is now more, the best version of that game that more than anything makes me think eh, i should maybe just pay 50 dollars for this yeah I, i'm really heavily considering just paying 50 dollars for it because that, i the more i see of nocturne the more i'm like i really want to play nocturne again yeah me too um dante's got his new voice actor well new yeah since three well but... same yeah same one since three but like i was pleasantly surprised that they're putting a bunch of voice acting in that yeah. game like even for the fiends like and it sounds good from what i've heard of it yeah um i can't wait for a df video to see how bad the switch version of that runs because it'll be very funny to me when uh, a playstation 2 game runs like shit on the nintendo switch they um yeah well about the pc thing and it being capped at 30 fps notably yeah. uh persona 4 the pc port was and and they just patched it like right before it came out so oh weird there is well, i mean like, the a chance 
Possibly, but again, this game has been out in Japan for a while, and like yeah. I, I don't know where the Japanese release is with PC specifically. I don't know, but I do know that like early reporting was the Switch version of the Japanese release ran like fucking shit. Yeah, of course. And then they at some point patched it, and so I think it runs fine now. But like, I would mm. totally expect that like, even if PC gets fixed, even if like PS4 runs at sixty frames a second, that Switch one's just going to run at thirty. Yeah. It's just going to be 30. Um, but yeah, um, you get the cards, you do the negotiations, and Persona 2, the uh, Eternal Punishment, the negotiations kind of change in that it's each character just has one thing that they do, but as you build relationships between the characters, it lets them combo their negotiations. So Maya could just do an interview, or she could team up with Katsuya, who is a police officer, and they can accuse the they can accuse the demon of sexually harassing Maya, <laughs> and that might work out for you or it might not. Okay. Um, there's one Jack of them Frost that's just your party like, without your consent. <laughs> there's one that's really good because like Bafu is also a drunk, and the new Lala is a drunk. So if you pair them, it's something that's like called Alcoholics Paradise. <laughs> okay. It's just them talking about boozing it up. It's fantastic. Like, that stuff is also way better than it is in Innocent Sin. Just because, like, it actually makes good on the character relationships in a way that the negotiations in the original one, it felt underutilized there. Mm -hmm. um, so I like that. I like that stuff a lot. It can get a little frustrating because it's like, to build a contract with demons in the later game, it's like only one specific combo ever seems to work for certain demons. And so it's just a lot of, like, butting your head against the wall to figure out what you need to say to them. Um, but late-game stuff, by then you should have, like, plenty of cards anyway and shouldn't really need to interact with it. But um, th they do a really good job of connecting the two narratives of the game together, though. Like, I was genuinely surprised to find out that Eternal Punishment was a kind of a complete afterthought because they really do feel like two halves of a whole. Mm. Um in Eternal Punishment, this being, like, the quote-unquote other side, like this is a fucking Silent Hill game or something, uh, Tetsuya, the main character, he remembers everything that happened in the original game, but because of this, because of him regaining his memory, it's a paradox and it's going to cause this world to fall apart. Um, and oh, so, so you have like this, Psycho like... Psycho Pirate. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's exactly like Psycho Pirate. Uh, there's also a secret society who is um, investing big into something called Kagari, which is basically just the manifestation of sin. And to do this, they got to turn everybody into jokers, baby. Oh, no. Society's turning everyone into jokers. World jokerification. <laughs> That's right. And then they take the jokers and they suck all the Kagari out of them like it's Austin Powers mojo. It's great. <laughs> My Kagari, baby! I gotta get my Kagari back, baby. <laughs> Give me my Joker Dr. Evil just drinking Kagari. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, the whole plot is just people getting turned into fucking Jokers because society's just too damn much, man. And then, like... Yeah, we live in one. Corporations, <laughs> corporations stealing their Joker juice for their own ill intent. And this game is as ahead of its time as Metal Gear Solid 2, damn it. Let me get this straight. You think turning people into jokers is funny? <laughs> I do, and I'm tired of pretending it's not. <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to shoot Robert De Niro, and I'm going to drink his Kagari. Uh. 
Anyway, if you get enough Kagari, you can resurrect these, like, dragons that will then destroy the world. Uh, and it utilizes some of the same stuff that existed in Innocent Sin because it's kind of just baked into the city itself. Um, and so it is, once again, Narlahotep kind of playing his game. And this is, like, your second shot to make sure you don't fuck things up this time. Uh, and thankfully, I mean, this being the second half of, du of a duology, you get things right. And then Tetsuo's brain has to go back to his home planet. And they give you a new Tetsuya who doesn't remember anything. And everyone's memories get reset again. Um, specifically Maya and Tetsuya, because they're the ones that remember the other side. The other characters keep their memories and just get put in a really uncomfortable position of just like, we can never tell them what happened. But like, yeah. we, we remember it all. We remember everything. <laughs> seen everything. I've seen it all. Yeah. Uh, one of the interesting things about this game is that uh, your party of, of five, just like the show, uh, your fifth <laughs> yeah. member is also a character from Persona 1, but instead of being Yukino, it is now one of two different characters from the first game. And depending on who you choose, you get like two alternate dungeons. And then at some point in the story, that character will leave and get replaced by Tetsuya like towards the end game. So, like, again, it's interesting how they work in Persona 1 characters into this one more so than in, like, latter games. Um, By the way, I feel like I should mention lot. now, uh, mm -hmm. 45 minutes into this, it's Tatsuya, right? I don't care. You're always saying Tetsuya just because you love Tetsuya, the artist on Twitter, so much, I, I think. He's he's a sweet lad. Um, Tell me about yeah, how he's an Tatsuya. alcoholic. Oh, yeah, sure. Alcoholics of the World Unite. Alcoholics Paradise or whatever that fucking move is called. I don't remember the name of it. Um, but yeah, it, it's really neat the way that they weave the story in between these two games. Like, I, I was really satisfied by the end of it. I think that Eternal Punishment is a far better game mechanically because it has the benefit of fixing most of the stuff that I had issue with in Innocent Sin. Uh, but the narrative in both games is great. It's on the same level as what you would find in Persona 3 and 4. It's very enjoyable. It kept me going. Um, it's, you know, worth noting, we did not get Innocence in here. Uh, apparently, the uh, translation team already had their hands full doing Eternal Punishment. And when they were told they weren't doing Eternal Sin, they said that's bullshit and that they should be doing the first game and not the second game. And then for whatever reason, they were overridden on this and were told to just work on the second one. Huh. So... It's bizarre that we didn't get the first. The second one performed well enough here, though, that it at least made it possible to get Persona 3 over here. And then, of course, the series has blown up in a big way since then. Um, we did eventually get a PSP port of Innocent Sin, but for some reason did not get the PSP port of Eternal Punishment. I don't know what that's about. I, I think actually that might be because like I when those were coming because... out, it was towards the end of the PSP's like life cycle. I think they maybe just thought it was not financially viable to do it. Well, yeah, Eternal Punishment came out. There was a PSP version of that in Japan, right? It just didn't come out here. Yes. Yeah, it yeah. just did not come out here. Yeah. I I bet it... the reasoning was like we did have that PS One version and it's available like on the PlayStation Store, and so you could just download that if you wanted yeah. to play it and so they're like eh, not really worth it to localize it here 
Yeah, I'm curious what kind of improvements they really could have made over that in the PSP version. Because, like, Innocent Sin had, like, some work that probably needed to get done to it. There's, like I said, parts about that game that weren't great. Yeah. Uh, but, like, Eternal Punishment feels like a pretty good game. You can just play that PS1 version, and it's it's great. Like, I like it a lot. Um, I have news. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles is coming to PlayStation 4 July 27th. Including the, they're the games that only came out in Japan The uh, the Meiji era Ace Attorney oh, games So they're bringing Ace Attorney Eternal Punishment over finally <laughs> Yeah, basically oh. uh, I, I just happened to look at Twitter and saw Herlock Sholmes trending And so I was like, <laughs> oh, well I know what that's about yeah. uh, But anyway Yeah, um, both great games I really like the SMT series so, uh, time to pay my 50 bucks for Nocturne, because <sighs> I'm just, you know, I'm simping for Jack Frost over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, who isn't, really? Larry, I was born under a bad sign. I got a blue moon in my eye, which means it's the last phase of Max Gibbous, and I can finally summon King Frost. Okay. Uh, it's a reference to Nocturne, but also the Sopranos, because I uh, things I like. Oh, oh. What if Tony came home and his son was playing Shin Mikami Tensei Nocturne? <laughs> I don't think he would be into it. But yeah, what the fuck is this? And he takes a controller and starts playing Nocturne with one hand. Yeah, well, you know, like Tony was into Blast Core. I don't I, in Mario Kart. I don't think he would be into yeah. Shin Megami Tensei. Oh, you don't know that. The you only don't way even to directly know control to... these guys. You just tell them what to do, and then they do it. He's basically Dan Reichert, actually. <laughs> oh, good. Do you think that Tony's son will show up in that prequel? No. Why not? Because he wouldn't be born yet, for one thing. You can put him in there, though. I, I guess you could, yeah. But I don't think he's going to be in it. Well, yeah, I think they should put him in there. I mean, he's Tony's son. He's like a pretty like integral part of that character, so <laughs> he should probably like you know do something with that. Um, I mean, they should at least have somebody daughter. somebody okay. wearing like a Pantera coat at one point. <laughs> It'd be Tony. Tony's way into Pantera <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> yeah, back in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ratings. For Persona 2 um, Well you got a Jack Frost You got a Pyro Jack You got a King Frost You got a Black Jack That's the that's peak Jack Yeah. So uh, I would give I think Persona 2 Eternal Punishment That's a Black Jack That's a top top of the line Fantastic game uh, Innocent Sin I'd say it's like a Pyro Jack It's kind of like on the lower end of the scale I like what it's doing Oh come on I appreciate it's hustle but it mechanically needed some work that thankfully they put into Eternal Punishment. Eternal Punishment is the first Persona game that played good, is is what I'm saying. Yeah. But like Innocent Sin was like halfway there. It it, it had the story stuff nailed down. Like I have not actually played any of uh, Eternal Pun well, actually yes, I did back in the day when it came out, I played a little bit of it and like could not Make sense of it because for one thing I didn't like JRPGs at all back then Second I didn't know anything about Shin Megami Tensei yeah. um, 
Honestly, I don't know if I actually played it or if I just saw it on the shelf a lot at the video store and think I did. I'm not really oh, sure. Oh boy, you should have picked it up while you had the chance because that thing is worth a lot of money now. Yeah, whatever. And that means it's one of the best games of all time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's also... more equals better than. Uh, tr- true. Except when you can just go onto a website and download it, so I don't care. Um, but for how long? I mean... F- Probably forever because, like, I'm not talking about the PlayStation Store. I mean, there are many other places okay. you can get Persona That's Eternal Punishment. Point. Just don't, don't tell Nintendo about any of them, please. Uh, no, I won't. I, then, well, I don't tell Nintendo about anything. Yeah. Look, I play their console for one hour a year. I'm not in contact with them. Barely have anything to do with Nintendo. Look, I'm happy Ace Attorney is going to be on PlayStation 4. I can play it on a real console. I I asked my friend whether or not I should buy Star Fox Zero And this is the most I've interacted with Nintendo In like the last two years Yeah Was going like, yeah, maybe I'll buy one of their games Off of eBay I'll still buy that new Pokemon Snap Because I'm a freak Anyway yeah. Pay I mean, $60 I'll, I'll get for it. two hours No, I'm not going to No, I'm not going to pay $60 I'm going to wait until it's Black Friday And I'm going to pay uh, $43 Okay I was going to say Like, yeah, those huge discounts <laughs> I keep trying not to say it on Twitter When I see people go Like, Nintendo games never drop in, drop in price Because I think they won't get I'm being facetious But I keep wanting to say Like, that's not true They get down to like 44 bucks. Uh-huh Like, it's I'm... still fucking mad Yeah Ugh all right. Goodbye, dinosaurs. Goodbye, Jack Frost. Goodbye, Tony Soprano. Goodbye, Larry. What would you rank Tony Soprano? What's your rating of Tony Soprano as a Frost? King, King Frost, baby. All right. Good. Yeah. Just want to make it's sure. good to be the king. Yeah. Goodbye, dinosaurs. You have goodbye, to say dinosaurs. it again. Uh, Thank you. Okay. Goodbye, dinosaurs. Yum, 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 yum,